0: What is Off The Groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack.
1: Off The Groove
0: with Scotty Dubler. X Games 2018 is in the books and man, I had a blast. Graham also got to go and she went to every event from the time they opened the doors until the time they closed the doors. She had a great time. The producer of Off the Groove, Chris Carter, one of my good friends, got to go as well. He went for a couple of days. It was the Jared Meese show once again. After he got out front, he checked out and was long gone. Left behind in the dust was Briar Bauman battling with Sammy Halbert and Jake Johnson. Sammy went for a silver medal on the last lap, last corner, ended up falling off and came home sixth. So your finishing order, Jared gets a gold medal. Briar Silver, and Jake Johnson a bronze. I enjoyed working with Jimmy Coleman and Diana Dahlgren on ABC. What an honor it was to be on TV. I also called the live event action with Kenny Taco Bell and Tristan Merrick. and had a good time doing that as well. No races this weekend, so I'm at home trying to figure out what to do with myself. In the meantime, I'll be packing up and getting ready for Sturgis Bike Week. This week's guests are huge flat track fans, so big that they put on their own races. I'm talking about Steve Nace and Kelly Bell. Hello? Hello. Uh, uh, I, I got two people on the line. This must be my lucky day. Do I have the one and only Steve Nace and Kelly Bell on the phone at the same time?
1: At the same time, believe it
0: or not. Oh, my gosh. Am I at a racetrack? <laughs> yeah.
1: You might as well be. That's only when we see each other. So That yeah. is when
0: we see each other. I haven't seen you guys since uh, July 4th. The Barbara Fritchie Classic was a huge success again. One more year in the books. I think we're at 97 now, working on 100, and then 105, and then 110. So uh, what's been going on? Steve, uh, you've had a lot of races since I've seen you. Everything going good?
1: Yeah, it's really, went really, really good. We were in Ohio pretty much almost the whole month of July and I had a, one new venue and one venue that we is our second year, and they both had record crowds, spectator crowds. So they were tickled to death, and already wanting back in for next year.
0: Well, that's good news, Kelly. Uh, how was I was putting up with Steve on the road for a month? I mean, was that okay?
2: Oh yeah, I mean our motorhomes definitely one of our second homes, and I love to travel. I mean, I'd probably go stir crazy if I had to sit at home all the time. So I'm
1: good with it. <laughs>
0: All right, sounds good. So let's get to know Steve and Kelly. So Steve, Nace, Where were you born?
1: San Antonio, Texas.
0: What What are you doing in
1: Kentucky? <laughs> well, I actually was born at Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio. My dad was in the Air Force, but everyone, my family's from Western Kentucky, so I okay. lived in. I think I was born in San Antonio, lived in Texas about three years, and
0: moved home to Kentucky. So you consider yourself a Kentuckian and not a Texan.
1: No, I never said that. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I was
0: just, I was just throwing that out there. I mean, people that are they're, they're yeah, born in Oklahoma. It, they're Okies and they're proud of it. And you know, the Texans are the same way.
1: If I was pressed, I would have to say a Texan. But I think I think I've just got the better parts of both states. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. I, I like that answer. Hey, Kelly Bell, where were you born?
2: Indianapolis, Indiana
0: okay all right so what what's it like growing up in indian indianapolis i mean you got to be a race car fan if you if you're growing up in indianapolis
2: oh yeah i mean i'd walk to the 500 track with my grandfather when i was a child so i definitely grew up around racing um my father actually worked out at the drag strip at what used to be called indianapolis raceway park i think it's now o'reilly raceway park and I would worked down in the ticket booth handing out the time slips when the guys come up the return road. So I've been around racing pretty much most of my life in some form or another.
0: Well, I, didn't, I did not know that. That's pretty cool. So, uh, Steve, how did you get involved in motorcycles? I know you used to race. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But how did you first get involved in motorcycles?
1: You know, Scotty, I think, uh, I was trying to recollect, I think, I bought a little, well, I had a head, you know, I was growing up here in Kentucky, rode around the fields, but then I bought a little trail bike to ride back and forth to work. I guess, I, you know what, I skipped it. I had a 175 Harley Scrambler that had to be back in the 60s, okay? We rode that around the farm, and that kind of got me started, I guess. Then I got a little bike to ride back and forth to work uh, around the farms and stuff here in western Kentucky. And... Uh, there were some guys that had a little track over in their farm field, and we started going over and riding. It was a little scrambles track. And that's kind of what got me started.
0: Wow, that is cool. Kelly Bell, I know a lot of people don't really realize, but you used to race motorcycles too. So, what got you started in motorcycle racing?
2: Flat track specifically. By the time I discovered flat track, I was already riding street bikes, and some guys I worked with said, hey you want to go to a motorcycle race this weekend and i was like yeah sure so we rode from indy over to springfield and springfield mall was the first time i'd ever seen flat track racing and literally during the race called my dad and was like why don't i know about this
0: awesome. i was probably 21 yeah. i was probably
2: 21 and basically i guess you can say i was hooked you know it was just my very first experience at springfield which you can't get a better first experience than Springfield and I was just hooked.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I went out
2: I, bought a dirt bike and started started practicing.
0: That's so cool. I one of my early memories of going to Springfield was just walking into the grandstands from this front side. I guess my grandpa had his bike on display out front and and I snuck through the gate and practice was on the track and they went by and I was just standing there looking at the finish line. And from that moment on I was like, man this is pretty dang cool. So I, I love it. Springfield Mile brings back so many good memories for me, also. So, Steve, Nace, How far did you get along in flat track racing? I mean, did you did you make it up to the pro ranks?
1: I was. a I had my novice license, and then uh, I was a junior, and I think I rode probably one year as a junior. And at the time, we were riding three fifties, three sixties. I had a. I had a, actually way back then. This would have been in the late. I guess early 70s, I had a Woody Kyle Kawasaki Bighorn. No kidding. Uh, so anyway, to answer your question, yeah, I made it through to junior, and then I got hung up with life and moved on.
0: Yeah, started having kids and all that fun stuff. and <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that changes things a little bit. So <laughs> what number were you when you were a junior?
1: I think the last one I had was 36N, if I'm not mistaken. I was back in Texas at the time. I would moved back to a Texas. Yeah, I think it was 36 in, and and that was a good time in Texas. I say a good time. It's My gosh, there were so many, when you know all about that, being from Oklahoma, everything that was going on in the 70s in Texas, you know. So it was a good time. It was just a very, very fast time on the racetrack between the foodies and everybody else involved. It was, it was a neat time, though, to be in the sport.
0: Absolutely. So, Kelly Bell, what number were you when you raced? I
1: was number
2: 77.
0: And why was that?
2: I was born in 77, uh, right. so sevens have always kind of been my lucky number because of it being my birthday.
0: You find out so many neat things um, through just through conversations. So, Steve Nace, did you have a nickname when you were racing?
1: Not that I remember. No, if, I, if I did, I probably didn't want to hear it, but no, I don't <laughs> remember
0: anything. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Kelly Bell, did you ever have a nickname when you were racing?
2: I don't recall having one when I was racing, but I've certainly had one given to me by AMA and racers and stuff since I've been working. (laughs) So Uh, I've uh. been called the bulldog and the pit bull because I don't let nothing slide. (laughs)
0: I remember when you worked on the front straightaway at the, you know, the, it used to be the AMA Pro Racing Series, but some people called you the pit <laughs> Nazi because you pull that front wheel up to that line and by God, they better leave that front wheel on that line or you're going to chew them out and put your finger in their face. So they, they didn't, you didn't take no crap from the riders and I loved it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's not like a great nickname, but, <laughs> you know, and it started out Bulldog. I remember that one. And then uh, since I own Pitbulls, somebody changed it to Pitbull, you know, a few years later when they found out I had Pitbulls. And yeah. that's the only nickname I know of from the races.
0: That's awesome. Steve, why did you choose to uh, go with flat track instead of any other form of racing?
1: Well, I mean, the riding, it was what, at the time, there wasn't that much motocross here in Western Kentucky. You had to drive to Sykeson to ride motocross. And it was actually once or twice a year they run a little scrambles track here on the half mile in Paducah. And Southern Illinois was really a hotbed then for racing. And uh, the, the tracks were just close, and motocross was too, I don't know. I uh, liked the speed, I think, more than anything. But, uh, mm-hmm. And it just kind of stuck. You know, and as we went through the years, we've dabbled in promoting motocross races back and forth and done some things that we actually built a motocross track at the uh, Illinois State Fair one year in Springfield and uh, promoted a motocross there. So we've done a lot, but the flat track just has always been my love, I guess. So that's what we kind of stuck with. All
0: right. I love that answer. So uh, I'm going to go with Steve one more time. So, what do you get from working with these amateurs in the amateur series? that you don't get working with the Pro Series?
1: Well, I guess I see it a lot more fulfilling. For instance, we just had uh, Sam Lowe send in his uh, his son's application today to become a professional motorcycle racer. You know, we've been blessed enough to probably see, I would say at least 100 guys come up through the ranks in the amateur and get their professional license, and and most of them, you know, when they start racing amateur, that's their dream is to eventually be a professional motorcycle racer. Like I said, we were blessed enough to be around during the time that, I mean, you know, the Haydens. We were on the tail end of the Haydens. Then we saw the Gillums come up from, I mean, from PW50s, J.D. Beach. You know, it's a lot of guys that have come up and and fulfill their dream of being a professional motorcycle racer. And it's it just it's seeing them reach their goals and knowing that we had a small part to do with it, I guess I get do some when I was talking about it.
0: A lot of people might not really realize that, but when you turn pro, you just can't just say, okay, I'm going to be a professional motorcycle racer. I mean, the, the well, now it's the AFT, but they, they ask for a resume and they ask for personal references and, and racing references. And, and you guys, with the All-Star National Flat Track Series and the other, the amateur series that you guys do, provide that stepping stone for these riders to get experience. So they ask you for your opinion as to the whether or not that they can be a professional racer. So have you guys ever had to say no on somebody's application?
1: To be honest, I can't ever remember saying no. No, I I don't ever remember anybody sending one in that that we said no to, you know. We need them to learn as they come up through how to do it, you know, not the racing part, but just what you do and how you do it. And so when they get out on the track or they go to, you know, a big race, they they know what to do and they're not surprised or anything. And and I don't know that we do a lot, but we try to have the venues... Where they can come race at them, and if they ever go to a race somewhere, hey, I've ridden on that track, you know, be it good, bad, or indifferent.
0: Exactly, I think you guys do more than you you, than you probably realize, or or more than you'd want to talk about, because just this the experience of being at a at an All Star National Flat Track Series, or even when you're amateur races, it's just like being at a national. I mean, you have to be there at a certain time. You have to sign in, you know, with the sign-in ladies. You got to pay your money. You gotta get in line, and you gotta get in the pits. So I mean, it's just it's step by step, just like being in the So I think it definitely is good for the riders to have a place to do that. And and you guys go all over the country, you know, starting in Florida, and and you have a, a really big series. So I, I think what you guys are doing is very important and very valuable for these riders coming through the ranks. So you guys have been busy for a while. So you're home for just just a little bit. What do you guys do when you're not racing?
2: I. Just got a wr four fifty that we've kind of finished up the build on. It's like street legal and supermoto trims. So that's taken a lot of our focus. Um, kind of been able to ride it twice, so it's brand new. Um, try to ride some street bikes when I can. Got my two dogs, so you know, definitely got my fur babies, Juno and Rudy, and we kind of enjoy just um being at home and relaxing and just unwinding a little bit Uh, we live out in the country so it's pretty quiet out here and it's it's kind of our little slice of heaven
0: i love it so in the off season like when your races are not done you guys do some indoors in coin still and then uh the last couple years you guys have been going to florida and steve and you and kelly both have been working on some motorcycles down there i believe at a horse ranch is that right steve
1: yeah, well, we kind of fell into this with some good friends of ours uh, that, that also are into to racing motorcycles, Jack and Josie. They train show horses, so we got to talking one time. Long story short, one of the biggest horse shows in the world is in Wellington, Florida, during the winter, and I get to work on motorcycles down there all winter. So it's kind of the, the best of two worlds, and when I'm not working on motorcycles, we go fishing or we sit by the canal and watch the birds or whatever, but we try to kind of relax and recharge you know for the racing season so it uh it's really turned into a, a pretty good deal and the, the weather is better for kelly down there in the wintertime than here in western kentucky so uh like i said it, it come along thanks to jack and Josie, and it's, it's really turned out well so far
0: and you work on the motorcycles that they use on the ranch right because people come down there and they get to share the ranch experience and and Work on the horses and stuff like that, and then you work on the motorcycles, kind of behind the scenes. Is that that's how I've understood? It. Is that right?
1: Yeah, these guys, these kids, to be honest, kids. You know, they're anywhere from twelve years old to you know fifty years old, kind of like motorcycle racing. But they use these motorcycles. The facility there is is huge. It'd be like being on the grounds at Springfield, and in the morning you've got to ride at one racetrack on one side of the fairgrounds, and then two hours later you got to... So, long story short, they use these motorcycles to run around the fairgrounds there, which works out good for me. So uh, okay. we just keep the motorcycles running for them and get, you know, their deal is, is in the wintertime like that. So the motorcycles kind of sit all summer. They leave them in Florida when they go back home to Pennsylvania or California or Canada or wherever. So it's almost like getting their motorcycle, like we get our motorcycles out for the summer, They we get theirs out for the winter. So okay. just kind of keeping them, getting them running, keeping them running, you know, along the lines of that.
0: Man, sign me up. I want to be part of that deal.
1: <laughs> it, it is good. You know, I had a stint. Uh, back in the 70s and 80s to where i was a motorcycle mechanic for 18 20 years in houston texas and so i just kind of fell into this deal and it's really a good deal you know it really works out good for us so we can do that we can spend some time in florida and relax and and uh, then do something that i enjoy to do i enjoy doing
0: okay walk us through when you started and why you started promoting flat track races
1: when I was in Houston, I'd been a motorcycle mechanic pretty much for, like I said, 18, 20 years, and I worked at a Yamaha shop there, and I had, had kind of gotten involved with some guys at, back into the vintage racing and did that for a couple of years while I worked at the shop, and then this track became available there that was a motocross track, and it was a big 60-acre facility, so I went out and looked at it, and they had a supercross track, and I could see a short track where the supercross was, so... I uh, went in with another guy, and we kind of leased it, and went in together, and we built a short track there, and then we built a TT, and we had a mile and a half long, what we call the day Motocross track, and then we got a Supercross, and we had a short track and TT. So that's what really got me into promoting it then. That was the first time, I guess.
0: So then how did the All-Star National Flat Track Series <laughs> get started?
1: Well, we, I moved back to Kentucky in the early 90s and picked up uh, helping some people here, Jimmy and Betty Grief. They had a little short track here, and... They were getting older, so I helped them, and, and then uh, it just kind of spread out into we did. So we did a couple of indoor things in uh, Greenville, Kentucky, and Sturgis, and it just kind of started to grow. And then uh, when, when they did away with the Hot Shoe Series, that's really when the All-Star Series was kind of brought together. Between uh, the people, uh, actually my kid and some of the other guys that were at the top then promoting flat track and working for... AMA Pro Racing. They said they would like to see that stick around. So we talked about it, and that's where the All Star Series came from.
0: All right. So, Kelly Bell, how did you meet Steve, and how did you decide you want to get all in in this uh, promoting motorcycle races and going to all these motorcycle races with someone?
2: Well, when I met him, I was a racer, so I knew him as a promoter. Kind <laughs> of funny thing is, uh, I got my head ran over one of his tracks. Uh, Nick Daniels actually ran over me when I fell down. You know, it was one of those, he just watered the track and I was pulling up through staging and he said, now go slow, I just watered the track. You might as well have been talking to a wall. I didn't listen to him. <laughs> so I pitched it off into turn one and slid down and Nick Daniels ran up my back and over my head and I was fine, but you know, I had a bit of a concussion and um, he called to check on me the following Monday or whatever just because he didn't think I was okay when I left there that evening and when I when he called my job he was like what do you do for a living and at the time I worked for an independent appraisal company and we worked for about 300 different insurance companies and he said I need an insurance officer and I said I'm kind of getting tired of looking at the same four walls so that's kind of how our relationship you know on the professional level started was just kind of fit that I knew everything about insurance and he needed somebody that knew everything about insurance. So, yeah.
0: That's perfect. I love it. Now you guys live together and you travel together and you work together. Is, is it hard at times? You know, everything always flows so well at your races.
2: He's definitely my person. I mean, you know, all relationships have their difficult times, you know, but at the end of the day, I'd rather make a decision to be around him, even if I'm not happy with something that he's done, than to not be around him. So he's definitely my person.
0: That's awesome. You guys are great. So what goes on? Like we talked about in the off season, you're down there in Florida getting ready for 18. And then are, do you reach out to these tracks or do tracks reach out to you? How do you decide which tracks you want to go to, Steve?
1: Well well, we've actually, in the beginning, yeah, we reached out to some of these tracks that that I knew were there, and and uh, to be honest, the AMA in Ohio refers a bunch of people to us. Uh, but we you know what what we'll do is let's sit down at the end of the year and we've been blessed so far that most of the tracks have always wanted to come back. Uh, we've I mean, there's been one or two that there things going on at the facilities uh may not work out for us to come back next year, scheduling and things like that. But this year, we had two or three tracks, like Zanesville, for instance. Anybody that's been around flat track for any length of time knows that Zanesville used to be a real popular track, uh, or at least a track flat track went to a lot. Uh, so they called us, and these guys had just gotten – I think they actually called AMA, and AMA referred refer them to us, and we got to talking to them, and they were just a bunch of enthusiasts that remembered the races – 30 or 40 years ago and, and wanted to bring it back. So, uh, you know, a lot of it comes from that. Like I said, we've been blessed to still keep the, the Daytona Beach, the tracks that we run in Daytona, and the Barber Fritchie Classic, which you had mentioned earlier, which, you know, we're our goal. When they, they come to me, gosh, I don't remember, Scotty, what, eight or ten years ago, and said we want to get to 100. And I said, well, we'll help you get to 100. I'm not guaranteeing anything after that. We'll help <laughs> you get to 100. So, so uh, you know, so that's our goal there. But we, we've, you know, we've been... We to be able to get hooked up with some people that love the sport. You know that nobody, Trust me, nobody that I know of that we promote a race for is really in it for the money. Okay, They're in it because they love the sport. Yes, they want it to pay for itself. And yes, they'd probably like to go out and buy a steak dinner when they're done and say, okay, the race paid for it. But nobody does it in our situation strictly for the money.
0: I get it. Um, one thing that I want to compliment you on for sure is that you spend – extra time it doesn't matter if it's in practice before the race in between a race or before the main events but you spend extra time making sure that track is as good as it's going to get that day and I think the riders really appreciate that I mean you know it seems like rider safety is very important of course we're going to have accidents and you know that's just a a part of our sport I would just like to commend you on spending that extra time to to work on the racetracks that you do
1: well, I appreciate that, Scotty. And, and you know, I mean, you run across things from time to time, things you can't, that happen at the last minute. You know, bottom line is it's dirt, okay? And and so many things can affect how the dirt ends up that day. So my whole thing has just been you, you always put in t- as much time as you can you know, and, and you're unlimited sometimes. You know, people don't come, spectators don't come to races to watch you work on the racetrack. So it's a real fine line there of being able to entertain the spectators and make it right for the riders. But my whole goal has always been you put in all the time you can, and it may not always be enough, but you do the best you can and, and know that you couldn't have done anything else that day to make it any better.
0: Okay.
2: Steve Mace has a saying. His saying is, good enough is not good enough. He tries for greatness. Absolutely. And that's everything everything related to the races. He, I love it. he tries to be better than just good enough.
0: I like it. Some of the other changes made in the off season was you got a brand new updated website. Kelly was that your project?
2: That was all me. I had actually been reaching out to multiple web design companies over the last couple of years and had just been very disappointed at what they were able to give me. And maybe it's just because they're not familiar with flat track. So um, Johnny Lewis's wife actually encouraged me to give it a shot myself. You know, she had just updated Johnny's site and I contacted her. I said, man, I really need to do something with my website. And she said, just do it yourself. I spent about two days building that site. It was is actually more time consuming to get it launched than it was to build it but i think i've actually come up with something that's very user friendly and much more modern than what we previously had so yeah pretty happy with it <laughs>
0: I like it too. And I like that you have the the full flyer right there. As soon as you open it up, you scroll up just a little ways and then there's the flyer for the next upcoming race or the next one ahead. So people can start planning ahead. You've got a lot of sponsors on there. I like that. And I really appreciate you putting a link to off the groove on there. We we definitely appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for that. And I I really love the new website. So uh, well done on that, Kelly.
1: It was well done. It was all her. If it was up to me, we'd still be just calling each other on the telephone, okay, and <laughs> talking about what's going on because I wouldn't <laughs> We'd be well, in trouble. So
0: your 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 phone bill'd be awful high, Steve.
1: Yeah, well, it was before. so
0: – Okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> but, so uh,
1: but no. Yeah, that's all, Kelly.
0: It's been it's been a great season so far. I know we're down to just come, you know wrapping up your season, but uh, we've had a lot of races. You know, starting out in Savannah and then moving her down to Florida and stuff like that. What's been your favorite event so far this year, Kelly?
2: I think the Zanesville event, um, just because it was the first year and the amount of excitement that everyone involved and all the people from the local Zanesville area, I think anytime you have that much excitement over a new event, it's just awesome. You know, like I can't wait to go back there next year just because. We formed this great relationship with all of these new people. Um, we were struggling to get a water truck, and then all of a sudden, two brand new water trucks that had just been built appeared at the track. You know that kind of excitement level is definitely what the sport needs. So anytime I get to experience that at a brand new track, that's awesome.
0: That is pretty cool how a town comes together. I know you had a big turnout there, and then you also had a race there on a on a Wednesday night was that the was that the Carrollton race, Steve?
1: Yeah, that was the Carrollton race. That was a fair race, and this was the second year for that race. And uh, they, had a, they had a good, very good, well, biggest crowd they said they'd ever had on a Wednesday night. So that was good. Of course, it it again years ago, and I don't remember that track, but 20 years ago they raced motorcycles there, you know, which, my gosh, there's horse tracks all over Ohio that were like that. Anybody that remembers back in the 70s, you could almost race there every night of the week during the summer if you wanted to.
0: Well, like like when when you and I were racing, Steve, back in the day, you know, when you had the, the middle of the week races, you know, whether it was a fair race or a regular race. But the middle of the week races were, were pretty cool because, you know, there's nothing else really to do in that town. And and especially if you went to a small town, I'm thinking back to my, one of my favorite one in the middle of the week would be Stockton, Kansas. You know, the Rooks County Fair was always a Monday and Tuesday night. And so it's usually a big draw for a, a county fair or even a state fair to have some motorcycle races there.
1: Yeah, it really was, and, and even those, that the, the ones that you're bringing up now, you know, they came back with a good friend of ours, Paul Colbert, four or five years ago, and, and he started doing those again, and, and those places, the whole town gets behind it again because they remember what it used to be like, you know, so,
0: yeah.
1: uh, so it it is cool, it's really neat.
0: And what's cool about that too, Steve, is, is it's, it's, you know, a resurgence of the sport. And like we go back to these county fairs that you're talking about, you know, Carrollton and then you're, you're the new track at Zanesville. Well, these kids now may have not seen flat track before, but maybe their dad or their granddad had, and, and they're bringing out the next generation. I think it's definitely helping. And I think you guys are, are a, big, a, a bigger part of it as anybody else.
1: We had so many people say that so-and-so brought their grandkids out to see the races and they'd never seen them before. But he had been in Zanesville 30 or 40 years ago, and it's exactly what you said. So a lot of these people, to some extent, are kind of getting their grandkids and stuff involved. And, in, you know, with everything that's going on now that kids have to do, I think it's really neat. And there's a potential there to, to help grow the sport, you know, at that, at the at the bottom of the sport, help grow it, the amateurs.
0: Yeah. Have you seen the amateur, you know, the level of riders, the amount of riders? are they Are they getting bigger and better like they used to be back in the day?
1: I, I feel like that here that we're slowly now seeing the amateurs come back. I mean, yeah, when we have a race, or when we, we had the amateur nationals this year again at Springfield, and I'm going to say 50% of the people there, I didn't know who they are. So that's good for me. That's a good problem. I mean, as long as we've been in it, you know, there's very few people that, you know that travel and are serious about it that we don't know but there was a lot of new people that that i don't know who they were and and that was exciting so to answer your question yes i think amateur flat track is growing
0: i i do too and uh, you know unfortunately you know some people said that they couldn't go to the flat track grand championships because of the dates and some kids were still in school um you know i i get it but i also get where you guys are coming from with the tracks that are there in springfield and the tracks are prepped you know and ready to go so Uh, I am glad that you guys got that series back. And and if I remember right, not too long ago, you actually got an award. It was the dirt track grand championships and you got to go to Ohio and all that fun stuff, right?
1: It's, it's been a few years ago, but we, we were, uh, and that's back when we were doing, we were doing 45 to 55, 60 races a year. And, And so we were doing a lot of stuff around the country. So they, uh, they acknowledged us for doing it and that was great. Uh, and we've cut back, you know, we're back to somewhere around 20 events now. So we've really cut back a lot all of the local stuff that we used to do here right in, in Paducah and in Western Kentucky and stuff, you know, we don't do as much of that anymore. Uh, we do travel around the United States more, so we get to to kind of a different group of people. And, and the sport seemed like it had kind of taken things cycle, as we all know, all the time, you know. But like I said, I think in seeing the little kids on the PW50s and seeing the smaller classes and looking at the results from around the country, I definitely think it's growing.
2: In Three different times Steve has actually received the AMA Track Racing Organizer of the Year. He received it in 2005, 2011, and 2012. And then he was also nominated in 2014 and 2016. Um, He just didn't receive it. So that's pretty great to have five nominations for that award in less than a decade.
0: That is awesome. Congratulations, Steve. I know you don't like to toot your own horn, but, y- you know, that's people in the industry and all about the industry nominating you for that. So uh, congratulations on that, Steve. I know you don't like talking about that kind of thing, but uh, that takes a whole lot of work. Well,
1: I appreciate it, Scotty, but yeah, that's, you know, I, I just, I've been blessed to be able to do something I love to do. So
0: Absolutely. So, Kelly Bell, has there been any big surprises this this season so far in 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 your series? The, you know, the All Star National Flat Track Series and the Amateur Series.
2: I guess my big surprise is probably a negative surprise, and that's the fact that these pros and experts aren't coming out and supporting us the way I feel like they should be. Um, you know, we most of our events through the All Star Series have a ten thousand dollar purse. A couple of the events are only seventy five hundred dollars, and our pro and expert riders aren't coming out and supporting us. It's a negative surprise. I don't feel like we can throw any more money at these guys to get them to come out and they're not coming out and supporting us. We're getting more support from our amateurs than we are from these guys that we're offering purse money to.
0: Yeah. Steve, Steve and I have had a lot more conversations about that than you you and I, Kelly, but you know, back in the day, you know, and I, I say that quite a bit, but, You know, when I was racing, I used to race every race I could. If I was going to a national in Springfield, I'd stop at Granite City on the way up there or whatever the case may be. You know, and it seems like now the, the pro guys are only riding the Grand Nationals. There's a few exceptions out there. You know, I know when before Sammy got his factory Harley contract, he would ride all your races. I know Jared went before he got his Indian contract. He rode all of your races. But, you know, some of these other guys, I think they need the experience and I think they can pick up some extra money i just i don't understand whether or not riding your races either so kelly i'm 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 right there with you and i know steve we've had several conversations about it but have have you have you taken a you know a time to reach out to any of these riders and ask why or you're just gonna you know let them be
1: well no I, I mean i have to some extent and i understand the ones that are under contract to the to indian and to harley davidson and and man that's great these guys deserve money they deserve contracts they deserve all of that and so yes well i would like for jared meese and sammy halbert and and some of those top guys to come to all our events i i understand that they've got commitments and and i understand that, that at this point in their careers some of them feel like to be able to come win a couple thousand dollars that they can't take the risk on getting hurt so so i understand that but but <clears throat> When you look at, when you get out of the top 10 and you look at all of those riders and you look at the singles riders that are, and that's my main thing is the singles riders is they're not showing up and I don't know why. And nobody can really tell me well, it costs a lot to travel. Or, and I don't want to get into that because, you know, you drive to California and you don't make a penny and you spend 2000 bucks, or you drive 100 miles with a chance of winning a couple thousand bucks. So none of that makes sense to me. You and I, you and I have talked about it a lot. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but my main thing is, too, is, is the experience. If these riders, and I don't know, you know, just us talking, just these, maybe they never aspire to be, a Chris Carr or a, or a Sammy Halbert or Jared Meese, you know, maybe they're happy right where they're at and with doing what they're doing. And I understand that totally, but if that's true, then I don't understand why they don't come and try to pick up some money in our races. I mean, to me that, and you and I have discussed that a lot is to me, our series is there to complement the grand national series. And we try, we've tried through the years to schedule in conjunction with the grand national series. So, you know, if if you're coming to Springfield anyway, come race on Saturday night and try to pick up an extra couple thousand dollars. That's been my that was my whole thing, and that was my whole. thing. There's no reason this shouldn't work, kind of like the the Hot Shoe series was. Uh, yep. But it seems like we're getting farther and farther away from that. And and like you said, you know, back in the day, as we call it, we could race at Granite City and Santa Fe on Tuesday and Wednesday night, and go to Ohio, Ohio and race, you know, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and then drive back to Sturgis, South Dakota, you know. So it's, yep. I don't know, you know. And now back in the day too, we we'd have 200 novices show up at a race. So, you know, I can remember starting the race at 7 o'clock in the morning down at Daytona, you know, for the short track. And and not only did you have to win your heat race just to move on, it had to be the fastest people, you know, one of the fa- So it, it's changed a lot, and I understand that. I understand we don't have the numbers. So I don't know what the answer is.
2: I have a I have a different perspective on that as a racer. I feel like every single time you're on the racetrack, you're learning something. Even at the top level, you you know, you never stop learning. The minute you stop learning and the minute you stop making yourself better is the minute you stop winning or you stop reaching to that next level. So, them not feeling like this extra track time is a must is just lost on me. From that racer standpoint, you know, yeah, as a business owner, I don't understand it, but from a racer standpoint, I really don't understand it. They should be wanting to get out there and get more track time because that's the only way that they're going to make themselves better.
0: I'm right there with you, Kelly, because there's no other place that you know that has a prepped half mile or a mile or even a really nice prepped short track other than your races. I mean, yeah, there's some other local races here and there, but I don't think the pros are really showing up to those races either. So uh, it's kind of a baffling question that we'll have to keep pondering on. So you talked about before we got on the call, actually, some some changes were made in your schedule in the upcoming races. The biggest one, I think, well, there's a couple of big ones, but uh, Peoria Speedway has been canceled. Uh, the Peoria TT has now moved on to a Saturday afternoon. So instead of running on Sunday that they have done for so many years. So unfortunately we had to cancel the race at Peoria Speedway. Um, but then there's also big changes in Springfield. I know you guys are running in conjunction with the American Flat Track Series who runs the mile there. Uh, you know Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend. And then on Labor Day weekend you guys have the short track and you've added an event on Friday night. So Um, I don't know which one of you want to talk about the details of that, but uh, tell us the reason why we have a Friday night race and what's going on that whole entire weekend for us.
2: Well, basically, our Springfield Short Track event, which is ever-growing, has outgrown being a (laughs) one-day-only event. So we have decided to make our Springfield Short Track a two-day event. Um, We have decided to run on Friday, August 31st. We will be running the district... 17 short track along with the AMA vintage dirt track national championship series on Friday. That will be a points paying day for both of those district 17 and the AMA vintage national series. And then Saturday we'll be able to run the all-star series and we'll be able to devote most of our focus to the all-star series on Saturday. In the past, we've had a lot of time constraints, especially if we're running late as we were this spring due to rain it causes a lot of confusion moving the morning program out, moving the evening program in. So breaking it up into two days, it will be better for the racers and it will be better for my workers both.
0: So so Friday night will be a district seventeen AMA and a, a vintage race, is that right? Or is, the, is there vintage yes. class included too? And then so then Saturday will be the All Star National Flat Track Series with the AFT singles running their short track national.
1: Right, right. With the AFT AFT singles coming along and joining up with us, partnering with us on on these two events, Labor Day and Memorial Day, it's made the event grow, and it's just so so confusing trying to move people out in the morning, move people in the afternoon. We feel like this way it'll give everybody their time that they need to come in, race, enjoy it, and and go from there. We just feel like it'll be a, a better deal.
0: And, Kelly, I think you were going to mention that, too, also the Bull Taco Astro Cup is going to be a part of it. And then I heard something else. Another yeah. another class was added, too, as well, right?
2: No, just that's it. The Class of 79 Astro Invitational is the other added class that I wanted to mention. Um, so we'll have all of our all-star classes that we normally run there. We have the AFT singles, like you mentioned, and then we have at this short track event, we have the Class of 79 Astro Invitational.
0: Okay. Sounds good. So it's going to be a huge weekend. Of course, you know, you guys are there every Memorial day and labor day weekend. I'm looking forward to it here. It's going to be here before we know it. I'm, uh, I'm sure of that. So we're, we're at the part of the episode now where it's Graham's question and Graham loves you guys. She awesome. told me to tell you guys, hi. And uh, she said, that <laughs> <I love her>. <laughs> <laughs> she, she never misses a race. If she can get there, I promise you that. So uh, she said, Steve, you and Kelly work really hard for the sport of flat track. She wants to know where do you see your series in five years? Wow.
1: Um, I, I don't know. I hope we're still here. I hope we're still doing it, and uh, I don't really see any reason why we we wouldn't be. Uh, but I hope to, I hope to see it growing. And and you know, I I, I really feel like it's going to trend more back to the amateurs. To be honest with you, uh, and us trying to grow the sport in the future, by bringing the amateurs up through the series myself personally.
0: Yeah, I I think you're doing the right thing there. I mean, obviously, if the pros don't continue to show up, we're going to have to maybe showcase the amateurs, give them the limelight, give them the credit, and and let them get better, and and they'll be the next group of pros. So uh, we'll have to see what happens. So uh, Graham's question is usually the toughest question of the interview, but up next to wrap things up is our rapid-fire question. So I'm going to ask the question, and – We'll go one at a time. Steve, you'll go first, and then Kelly, but I want to hear the answers from both of you. So uh, up first is, uh, Steve, who is your favorite flat track racer of all time?
1: Jay
2: Springsteen. Kelly Bell? Nikki Hayden.
0: All right. Steve Nace, what is your favorite racetrack?
1: Carson Park, Paducah, Kentucky.
0: How big is it? I've never even heard of it.
1: Half mile. It was the first half mile I ever rode. Okay. All
0: right. All right. So, Kelly Bell, what's your favorite racetrack?
1: Springfield,
2: Illinois.
0: The mile, of course, right?
2: Well, I never got to run on the mile, but, you know, just the fact that you've got four venues there with the short track, the TT, the half mile, and that mile, thats that probably makes it my favorite.
0: Okay. I like it. So, Steve Nace, who are some up-and-coming riders that we should be keeping an eye on? Oh, gosh. Uh, Lowe and Daniels. Okay. Kelly Bell?
1: I'd have to say the
2: exact same two. Trent Lowe and Dallas Daniels, they're really fast. They were uh, definitely in contention for the um, Horizon Award this year, so those two are definitely who I'd be keeping my eyes on.
0: It's almost a shame that we couldn't hand out two of those because both of those kids are fast. Both of them are great kids. Both of them are going to be really great for the sport of flat track
1: yeah they re- they really are and there's there's a couple other kids coming around I mean I've seen low get beat a little bit up here get beat a couple times up here in in Ohio so there's some more that's going to surprise you
0: okay all right Steve nice favorite bike you've ever ridden
1: Probably my bighorn Kawasaki flat tracker
0: okay Kelly Bell
2: um I guess currently because it's the one I'm spending the most time on is my Yamaha WR 450.
0: I'm a little upset that you guys lowered it. It's a little bit too low for my long legs.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's still the <okay. laughs> It is the <laughs> shortest uh, 450 ever, I think. We lowered it four and a half inches.
0: Yeah, no, I I mean, I, I can't even sit <laughs> on it comfortably, but I, I'm glad it fits you. But um, last rapid-fire question. Steve Nace, we're going Dave to Spain. We're going old-school question right here. What are you most proud of?
1: Um the the riders that I've seen come up through our races over the last fifteen or eighteen years and what they've accomplished and the people they've become, not necessarily being a motorcycle racer, just the people they've become.
0: Kelly Bell?
2: I think I'm most proud of the fact that we put rider safety first. That is always our number one priority. So and it will continue to be. And that's probably what I'm most proud of.
0: Stephen Kelly, I appreciate your time. I know you've guys got a, a a lot going on. There's you know you got a huge series. Um I know it takes a lot of people to put on every race. So now is your chance to say thanks to anybody you want to say thanks to.
1: I'm glad you asked that question because we have had some great people. Through the years that have helped us, and none of this—I mean, none of it would have been possible without them. You know, Scotty, when I—and you know, you—you you know, and you're one of them. You know, we've been blessed to have you help us. And but when I go to a race, I pretty much just do what I have to do, which is normally concentrate on the race tracks, and Kelly Bell and everybody else does what they have to do. And but that's my main thing. You know, here recently the mayors—you know—we uh, we couldn't have done you know, what we've done this year without the mayors, you know, the hydens, there's just so many different people. And I don't want to forget anybody, but it's just, they're the ones that really, yeah, the Lanhams, you know, they're the ones that really make this whole thing happen. And I just kind of show up three days ahead of time and work on the racetracks and enjoy what I'm doing and let them do all the dirty work, you know? So it's, uh, you know, everybody. And like I said, I should have listed the names. I can't think of all of them, but we've always had great people. And and, uh, for me, just all
0: of them. Kelly, do you want to say thanks to anybody else?
2: I think, you know, as far as the employees, we need to remember to thank Doug Newbauer, Tom Canoes, Alan Dixon, Barry Owens. Um, these are all people that are regularly at the event. Um, Tia Moore has stepped up. Sarah recently helped us. Um, we have a good team behind us, but beyond our team behind us, um, we have people like Ken Salot at the AMA that has been involved since we've started, you know. Um he's been involved since I've been involved type thing. So that's a big part of what we do and um, we're always looking for sponsors. You know, we we've had Haps Leathers, um Kenny Hapke and Light Shoe, Gary Kinsler and We've had people throughout the years that have helped us, but that's something we're always looking for is sponsorship to get us through each year. So uh, can't thank the people that have stuck behind us throughout the years enough for continuing to stick with us. Thanks to all of our riders, you know, our flat track family is so amazing. And if it weren't for them, we wouldn't be doing this. So they're the they're the real people behind what we're doing is all the racers and all their families.
1: You know, we've had some really good partners. And like I said, it's, it's just like, you You know, if you've ever been interviewed and who you want to thank, you leave out half the people because there's just no way to think of everyone that, that has helped you do what you do. Uh, So (laughs) I apologize for that right up front, but, but it's just, it's the help we've had through the years has been, who's really made this stuff happen
0: couple others that are on the flyers this year rockauto.com race and ride the big sky you know i know there's there's many others that we've met, forgot to mention but you know on behalf of all the flat track racers and the flat track fans i just want to say thanks to both of you for doing what you guys do and thank you so much for your time for coming on off the groove
1: well thanks scotty it's it's our honor we appreciate it
0: Thanks again. That is Steve Nace and Kelly Bell from Steve Nace Racing. Check them out online at stevenaceracing.com, the All-Star National Flat Track Series, and much, much more. As always, smash that like button, give us a follow on Facebook, and tell all your friends to check out Off The Groove. Until next week, I'm Scotty Dubler.